in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fuck Being Suck, the podcast. I know it's been a minute, but today's guest, I'm sure, will not disappoint. My guest today is Kelly Keith, a transformational guide, empowerment and abundance coach, Reiki master teacher, and vibrational artist passionate about helping people live from their heart space. She's an international bestselling author and speaker. Serving globally, Kelly provides transformational coaching, group programs, and retreats supporting to radically transform your life for the better. In her book, Rise Above Fear, Kelly supports you in understanding how fear works and how we can befriend it to transcend the barriers we place upon ourselves. She lives fully and loves to see others do the same. (sighs) Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, darling. Thanks for having me. Oh, I can't wait to hear about all that you're doing. It sounds like it's a lot going on. So we could start to unpack this. Oh, my gosh. One, I love the idea of heart space. You know, uh, I follow the meditations of Dr. Joe Dispenza, and it's all about tapping into the heart, you know, and having a heart-focused intention behind it. So I love to hear about the work you do around heart space. Yes, absolutely. So in 2012, I was in a meditation And I started to have these understandings of I'm here to do so much more than what I was doing. And I was still, you know, my human suit was still very young, but started to hear, look up healing modalities. And I Googled healing modalities and I came across Reiki and I clicked on it and a huge wave of energy rippled through my body. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like super freaked out. But then two days later, I very serendipitously met my first teacher in a Barnes and Noble. And then two weeks after that, I received clear as day, the heart space. And I was an entrepreneur. You know, I had an entrepreneur mindset then. So I was just like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to be this thing. And you know, everything was always going to be built into something. So it was a little premature in my establishing an LLC and like, all the things, but I had this knowing that that was something that I was here to create into the world. And as I continued listening and being led to these different circles and elders and going through my 
my own healing journey, my own transformational journey, I started to really understand the heart space isn't just what I'm here to build. It's a way of being and it's a lifestyle and it was something for me to embody. And as I embody it, it continues, you know, my heart space continues to grow and expand, but the heart space also continues to grow and expand. Wow, that's beautiful. So what was it that was going on in your life that led you to start looking for for healing? Because I know for me, it was a chronic pain condition, like that was a trigger. And then a conversation mm-hmm. with the holistic healer led me on this other journey to kind of look into alternative healing and looking inward for, for answers as opposed to always turning outside. So what was it for you that was going on in particular? Yeah. So it's funny looking back, you know, Steve Jobs said always, you can always connect the dots looking back where my natural defense ne- mechanism. So I grew up with a lot of diversity in my home, you know, parents always fighting. My father was an alcoholic. My sister was cruel to me. So I was always just trying to check out of the reality and it must have been a you know a yogi lifetime from another time or just my guides looking out for me but even as a child and adolescent my defense mechanism was to pretend to sleep hmm. so i would still be fully aware of what was going on in my world but i was hitting these meditative states for almost all of my life and i would hit these new planes of what was happening and that so And again, it created a lot of disassociation and confusion for me of what's this reality and what's that reality and who am I? Moving through, I consciously began my self-love and self-healing journey after my freshman year of college, where I was 250 pounds. I think it was stepping away from the environment I had been in. It opened my eyes to, I can make my own choices. I am making my own reality and I've seen other people and girl, it was like a light switch. I wish I had this big profound moment. I don't remember why, but all of a sudden it was just, you could not break my mindset that I was going to, every day I was going to exercise. I ate a very regimen disciplined diet. And then that led me into meditation and yoga. And I just kind of kept flowing in the health journey. Mm -hmm. And then it was just through meditation and entrepreneurship you know, I got that message to look up healing modalities and poof, it just chose me. Wow. So was it that you were like disconnected to the point that you can be still and and hear the message? Because sometimes we get messages, we don't pay attention. You know, let's be clear. We ignore a lot of the signs half the time. <laughs> it has to like knock us over, you know, hit us hard upside the head. So what, you know, Were you in a place where you were kind of just like spending a lot of time reflecting or what was it that allowed you to, to listen, you know, to kind of tune into that? Yeah. Listen, I, it's, it's a word, it's a sentence, it's a profound teaching, it's everything. Oh, I just, listen, I love that word. Yeah. I mean, in that season of those things coming in, I was very disciplined in my meditation practice, Mm. you know, where I was going through my awakening and someone who's always been very tapped in naturally, that's a comfort zone. Like where I'm like, okay, cool. I, it's easier for me to pop out of here and go swim in these energies than it was to be doing the human thing, you know? So I was you know, really dialing in, into that space where, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it was just, boop. and that's the way of being now, you know, where it's just, I listen and I'm obedient. 
I hear stay, I stay. I hear go, I go. You know, like, yeah. It's kind of like the horror movies where you're like, they hear this ominous voice and they're like, oh no, I'm going to go look anyway. You're like, oh no, we don't play those games. <laughs> well, I always look at it like a, I imagine the scene, it was given to me one day when I was explaining to someone, I was like, wow, that's really freaking good. Of God is like a lifeguard at a beach. You know, he's up here and he can see the ocean. He can see so much more than we can see. And I can strut down the beach and be like, I'm going to go swim in that part of the ocean. And he's like, don't swim there. There's sharks. And I can sit there and use my ego and be like, no, this is the spot to be in. And the lifeguard is like, you can go there, but I'm telling you there's sharks there. I'm I'm not telling you don't do this because I don't want you to have a good time. I'm telling you no because I can see things you can't see. If you go over in this part, I'm telling you go here because there's a smoking hot man or woman there that you'll jump into conversation with and you'll meet your new lover. I'm telling you go this way and the ego can get in the way and be like, whatever, that lifeguard don't know nothing and just like go and do the things. Wow. So tell me, um, I want to hear all about this book that you wrote, Rise Above yeah, Rise Fear. Rise Above Fear. Yeah. At 11-11. Gotta love it. Rise Above Fear channeled through me in 2019. Um, it was written in a month. And I learned so much through that process myself. Like I say in the preface, where I say, listen, this is a book that she will change your life with these teachings because I'm lifetime doing this to move through my own fear of writing a book and becoming a published author out in the world. So it was a very transformational experience for me as well. And now that I've written three other books, like I know like writing a book is so alchemical. You know, it's such a transformational experience in and of itself. But moving through it, it was really alive for me. And through the book, we move through the understandings of really what is fear and what's happening within the psyche space and within the vibrational structures of fear versus love, contraction and expansion. And then most importantly, my perspective is it gets to bring us through process of how do we befriend fear? So we're no longer trying to push it away or slay it, but realize it's a part of the team and we need to renegotiate the terms of the agreement so we can move together in a, you know, more as a team and in harmony and continue to just rise above the fear and continue to elevate into our highest potential. Yeah. Cause I guess it's the balance between fear and, you know, the curiosity maybe of life, mm -hmm. like whether the fear is going to be the prominent part. It has to play some part, I think. But I think it's about shifting that balance away from, like giving it all the power, giving fear all the control to the point where you don't act or explore, you know, like trying to find that balance. Yeah, it's like, and again, I love the, like we have like the lifeguard with that. When we look at fear, it's a member of the team. You know, so we have fear. We have ambition. We have our emotional body, our mental body, our spiritual body, our inner mother, our inner father, our inner child, our essence. There's a whole lot of people, air quote people, hanging out in this vehicle. 
And sometimes they just forget who's in charge. So I like to say sometimes fear is trying to show up like the CEO and really it's a project manager. Or it's like compliance or, you know, like like fear kind of just really tries to step into a bigger role that it's meant to. It's not that you're not respected. It's not that your point of view and what you bring to the table is not needed. It's just you're trying to be the CEO and you're not the CEO, fear. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. So what are some some tips you give people in the book about how to put fear in its proper place? Yeah. No, well, a big part of it is that understanding of compassion for it. You know, like we're we're so we can be so mean to fear. We could be so mean. If we were to look at fear as a person, you know, and if needed, if like you're really mean to fear, maybe look at it as a child who's seen some shit. You know, like fear's intention is good. It's the intention of fear is to protect you and keep you safe because it's attempting to love you the best way it knows how. And so as we can begin to shift our perspective of who fear is and why they're doing what they're doing, well, then we can start to embrace from the space of compassion and for love. And we can start to say, wow, your, your, your intention here is really good. And I know you're trying to love me and you're just been loving me the way that you learned how to a while ago, but I've changed. And so we can start to teach it how we would like to be loved differently now. So that way we can control it because the way that the ego works, and I'm not talking about the ego of grandiosity and things like that. I'm talking the literal parts of the brain. If we're looking at neuroscience, the ego, the id, That's function within the brain is to prove we are right. Whatever we're telling ourselves, it immediately goes to work to prove we are right. And we can teach it how to think and how to look through the world and how to support us. Because again, it's a member of the team. It's just needing some coaching and some management and maybe some deeper therapy, but it's, you know, its intention is really good. And we can start to talk to it and really bring a compassionate lens. In the book, we go through a deep practice called having tea with your fear, where we go deep into that and dialogue with it and learn how to hold a conscious space with it. Oh, I like that idea of having tea with it because that sounds so relaxing. Um, as opposed to like an adversarial yeah, conversation with fear. <laughs> yes. Because it's honestly like, it's always so surprising for myself or anyone who does this of how vocal it will be. If we will create the space and like, where I tell people, I'm like, no, like seriously, like make a cup of tea for them or make a plate of, feel, of food for them. Like create the space to remember it's not you. It's something outside of me that is a part of the team. It's not me. The fear is not Kelly Keith. The fear is an aspect, an energy emotion that lives within that likes to pop up time to time. So I can say, cool, you know what? Let's drop in. Let's have some tea. Now I can separate myself where Kelly Keith can have a conversation with fear. In this case, maybe fear's name is Roger. I like to name them. So we can really make it separate from us. Sabrina's fear is not Sabrina. Sabrina's fear is maybe Daisy. 
you know, like, and just personifying it. And then you can be very surprised when you say, you know what, what's on your mind? What do you got to say? How vocal that piece can become. Wow. Okay. I love that. I love that. And I'm assuming that that's part of the, the work and the strategies you do with your clients at retreats. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a piece of it. You know, a, an undercurrent within all of the work is that it's bringing that all of the pieces of ourselves into harmony and being able to continue to anchor us into who are you? What are you here to do? What's the mission God put on your heart? What's going to light you up? You know, AKA bring the biggest impact into society, into humanity at this time. And supporting and moving, you know, moving around some blocks and like say feng shui in the spirit. We're just doing a little feng shui of the spirit and the soul up in there. So that way the energy is just right for us to thrive and move. So we have an eight week program that we do. It's a global container that actually starts on um, January 22nd called Permission Granted, where we go deep into the subconscious mind and start to explore what do you really want in your life? What is your relationship to fear and to money and to creativity and pleasure and starting to shift all that? It's, it's lit. Honestly, people come out on the other side, the, like the money breakthroughs, the creativity, the relationship, like it's incredible what God does through that container. So we do that. And then we have the in-person retreats where we have the one in Costa Rica in December where it's, we roadmap the year coming up. So we all dove into, the visionary space, got clear of what it is for the big picture, but then we're able to roadmap out for a year and then have a tangible steps for it. And we'll ride that wave together through the year. So we're up to all kinds of fun stuff here, but yeah, it's all, it's all helping us of like, no, no, you are, you are who you are meant to be this lifetime. And we will all continue to take steps forward and just address anything that comes up that wants to keep us playing small, but we're going to live an epic life this lifetime. We got you. I love it. So how long was the retreat in Costa Rica? How many days? Uh, six nights and seven days. Okay. And how many people did you have at the last retreat? There were nine, nine people, 10 of us total. Okay. And when people, I'm sure they go in with one intention and then I'm sure as things evolve, they end up in another place. So what are some of the successes that uh, the group saw? During that time, yeah, you know, this one was I so in love with the energy that came through, and it was again, this one was given to me. I came down to Costa Rica. I woke up on a Sunday, and I heard, you know, you got to go to Costa Rica, and I've been here many times before, so it wasn't like a new unknown thing to me. But it's time to go to Costa Rica, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> so I was waiting for the call because I missed Costa Rica. <laughs> but I kept hearing, not yet, not yet, not yet. So heard that on Sunday. 6 a.m. Tuesday, I was on a flight down to Costa Rica. And I was just listening and I was just being here. And three people in the course of two days reached out to me like, so are you going to do a retreat in Costa Rica yet? Like, what's the deal? You're there all the time. You never bring people there. So I asked the land and I got the yes. And then I just got fully embodied with the energy of rooted and rising. I was given the name. I was given the intention of the container. And I started holding the energy. And it just filled and we moved with ease and grace where the intention 
was everyone came with a pretty clear intention because we also had like a call ahead of time. And it was known we were going to be really focusing on activating and setting the tone for 2024 to all move Mm -hmm. through together. The unexpected to happen for people was the quickness of subconscious beliefs coming up and getting cleared and getting to really look deep at self of what's been in the way of them stepping further into their mission, us reprogramming the relationship with asking for support and leaning on community while also deepening the understanding of radical self-responsibility and care. You know, so we went really deep. It was, they ended up coining it that it was a retreat all of leadership and God. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. So People came in pretty clear of their intentions and had those fulfilled. I feel, and we have testimony videos that are starting to go up on our socials. What they say more is they were surprised at how quickly beliefs were getting shifted and cleared and them learning about themselves and like their big version of themselves. Wow. So what's next for Kelly Keefe? <laughs> um. Like later today? No, I'm kidding. Um, so I'm actually really excited. 2024 <laughs> is a very fulfilling year. And what's new for me, but I'm here for, we're actually already starting to plan out 2025. So to see my own internal shift as someone who wouldn't plan a month ahead because I had no idea where I'd be, to now be mapping out already into 2025 is really exciting. We have... Uh, our group program coming up at the end of January, as I mentioned. And then we have our business accelerator program. It's going to be launching in April that rolls into a retreat in Bali in 2025. So we have, a, you know, and a few other things. I won't overwhelm anybody, but you can always check out the heart space and see the different programs we have. But 2024 is full with our programs and retreats and the one-on-one work. We have self-led courses And then I also have two books coming out in 2024. I have a novel coming out through Pegasus Publishing. Then I'll also be self-publishing a book that I wrote um, last month. So it's a very fulfilling year. And, you know, by God's grace, it'll all be exactly what it needs to be. And I'm sure there'll be surprises that I don't anticipate coming along the way. But I'm truly excited for 2024. Oh, my gosh. It sounds so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I love the role of just you you know, following your intuition and listening and then approaching it with excitement and curiosity into the future. I love that. Absolutely love it. What tips would you give a listener who's on the fence? Like they know that they need to do some work, but they don't know which way to turn. What advice would you give them? Well, first and foremost, and that's such a great question, you know, first is in a sound like anyone listening, just hear me on it. Like first tune inward, you know, of And it's as simple as first as putting your hands on your heart, closing your eyes and taking a few deep breaths and just saying like, hey, self, like, hey, boo, like, what's up? I'm here, you know, and just connecting for a moment and then really asking self, like, what would be a good step? Maybe it would be to just go walk in nature or maybe it would be to buy buy a book of someone that you heard of this and that or to shoot a DM to somebody or explore something I truly believe everyone has a divine timing and a soul curriculum on this planet. 
I can tell anyone who's on the fence of investing in themselves in whatever way that means for you, investing time, investing energy, investing money, whatever it may be, it is always the best investment you can ever make in your life. Investing in yourself and, you know, again, whatever that means for you, that doesn't have to mean you buy a program. It can, but it doesn't have to. It will always, 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 always benefit you, be the best investment you can make on your life. I love it. I love it. I'm a big, you know, self-help person at this point, you know. Um, So I'm definitely, if I get an idea, a book, I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. And even if it's borrowing it off the Libby app, you know, like downloading the audio book to listen to in the car or, you know, finding something on YouTube, always just, you know, listening out for a different perspective um, and then seeing how that gets integrated into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important that we go past what we think we know, because there's always so much more to learn and explore. Yes. And we don't know what we don't know. Okay. And for the listeners, how can they find you on social media? Tell us about your website. Where can they find out more information about your programs? Yeah. So you can feel free to, you know, if you're listening to this and you have questions or you just want to be like, yo, I heard you and like, you know, want to vibe out, you're always welcome to DM me on Instagram. I am Kelly Keefe. You can follow through that. You can get to our HeartSpace Instagram and see everything directly there. And also you can go to the website, heartspace.co. And through there, you can get access to all the things from you know, free resources to self-led courses all the way up to our upcoming permission granted in the future retreats. That is wonderful. All right, listeners, that's it for today's episode. I'm hoping that you learned a little bit about activating your heart space and you're curious about exploring it a little more, uh, no matter what that's going to look like for you, whether it's exploring a, a new meditation or going on Kelly's website, looking into her programs tapping into the heart is is where it is. That's where we all need to be. So thank you for listening to the show. Please leave us a review. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.